unlock something new in me. That what I once believed now is a new sweet revelation. Gareth spoke about this last week about having new revelations, that we are constantly moving, that we are organic growing beings, so we should never be stagnant in our faith. He spoke about having big, expansive thoughts, that God's love, that everything flows through God's love. So his, flow, his love throws, flows through his judgment, his love throw, flows through his mercy, his love flows through, can you say it with me? <laughs> his mercy, his love flows through, his correction, his goodness, his protection, his love flows through, his provision. His love flows through every part of him and every part of his character. But also love, Gareth said last week, he says, we have, we have to be reinforced to hold his love. We have to be reinforced to hold his love, mature, steadfast, and reinforced to understand the nature of the way his love operates. So we actually have to reinforce ourselves to actually hold and understand the love of the Father. Jesus perfectly and radically and graciously shows us the Father's love. So I'll be talking on death and obedience, which sounds crazy and I want to tell you a story it's now a month and two days since it is passing and on that Wednesday morning I woke up we woke up to the news that she had passed away and Domenico woke me up and he said it is gone I got out of bed and I said, no, 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 for about two minutes. No, 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 this can't happen. And then I got dressed and I messaged a few people and I said, I'm going to see Ella. I have to find her. And God had put this determination, a spirit of determination over me to go and find Ella. So we went to the hospital and she had already moved to the morgue. So Luke phoned, we made an appointment to see her. And at 10 o'clock, they had prepared a, uh, a room for us. And a few of us had, had got into the sunny room and Ella was lying on a bed and she was wrapped in a pink blanket and just her face was showing. And she was so beautiful. And we stood in this room and we worshipped and we prayed and we spoke and we had a conversation with the Father about what does this look like now? Father, do you want to bring her back? Um, Ella, do you want to come back? Um, and we, we all kind of in unison felt the sense that she, she was in the room. Ella's spirit was in the room and her body was just a vessel. Um, that the father and her were in complete union and she was entirely healed and restored. Um, and as we continued to pray um, over her and worship, the, the whole atmosphere changed to thanksgiving and actually thanking Ella for what she has done, what she has brought into our lives. 
And one of the big echoing words that I felt in my spirit was obedience. That Edo was just so obedient to the Father's love that we got to enjoy Jesus through her. If I think of Edda's life and the experience she ushered in for so many of us, you know, she didn't have to use her gift. She didn't have to attend life group every week and pursue relationship. She didn't have to be the best school teacher. She didn't have to be intentional with our own kids, tickling them and playing with their imaginary worlds. She didn't have to stay focused and pure. She didn't have to do all these things. She didn't have to read the whole book of the Narnia series to her friends on the farm. She could have gone to bed early. But she knew that there was something in there that was going to unlock greatness in people. She didn't have to love her parents so deeply and honor them. She didn't have to show up, but she did. She didn't have to lead our worship team and us into such memorable moments. That's a big one. But she did. Because of obedience, she got, we got to enjoy the fruit. Because of her love towards the Father, outflow her obedience. God is our Father, and to have His goodness revealed to us, we must listen. But not just listen, we must obey. Obey His command to love, to love one another deeply. I want to read James 1, 22. You've got your Bible, you can go there. I'm reading from a Passion Translation. James 1, or you can just listen. Okay, take it in. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for this is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. And that's, I read that and I was like, wow, that was Ella. She was like poetry written and God was fulfilled in her life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfect, perfect, perfect law of liberty are fascinated and your response to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. So it's by looking in the mirror of God's face and knowing you are identity, knowing who you are. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. You set your gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty. 
and you experience God's blessing in all that you do. It's by reading the word and obeying it. It's by discovering more of the Father and more of ourselves. I call to obedience is our delight and our honor. I just want to say that there's a very big difference between discipline and obedience. You get the difference. My computer is not connecting to the internet right now and it's struggling, so it's being disobedient. But I'm not going to discipline it. When it connects to the internet, it's obedient. And I'm able to flow in the internet and get a good groove. So obedience helps us to connect and get into a good groove with the Father. Don't be afraid of the word. 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Our call to God is love. His nature is love, and we will not, he will not call us into anything he is not. Last Sunday, I attended a church service. And about a month ago, I had asked God to expand my love for the broader church. Yes, which is a good prayer if you come from frustrated church environments. Um, and if you go into church, other church environments and are naturally critical. And that's what I was finding myself doing. So I had asked God, God, please can you increase my love for the broader church? So friends of ours... Um, asked us to come to the dedication of their second born and that morning I was already preparing myself I was preparing myself to be guarded because I knew that there was going to be something in the service that was going to irritate me or offend me and um, but I said God show me show me your goodness in this in this place so we went and man it was difficult it was truly a frustrating experience. Everything was perfect, but that was the problem. The perfection irritated me. The way everything, everything, I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to get myself worked up, but everything frustrated me. And as I closed my eyes during the sermon, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, one word on repeat. Love, 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 love. All I've called you to do is to love. Love, love, love. So I opened up my eyes and I looked at the pastor and I said, Father, you love this man. You love this man. You love this church. You love these individuals. You love the worship team. You love them. May you love them more. May I love them more. And a well of love started to just to build up within me for this body. And I've had them on my mind the whole week, but I've been praying for them. I've been praying for Holy Spirit to continue to move them into greater revelation of who He is. We're going to forever be challenged by the way people do things. We're going to be forever challenged by the way People say things. 
But being challenged is okay. It's being offended that's the problem. An offense is a doorway to deep black hole of nothingness. We've just walked through some things with some some people. It's an ongoing thing and I've been so blown away by the maturity of these people are coming forward and saying, I want to work through this thing. That's mature Christianity. That's mature believers saying, I, I want to move forward with you. Because we're always going to be challenged. An offense is such dishonor. It's such a black hole. And it's such a sep- it brings us away, it separates us from really being um, rooted. It rips us out. That's one of the things we will, I want you just to be aware of. I think it's an ongoing thread in our lives. I need to stay loving, I need to stay kind, I need to stay unoffendable. So I have these three things that I keep in my mind. I call them the ups. How do I get out of offense? How do I stay up out of it? The first up is love. Love. Looking at this person, I'm loving them. Love stays unoffended. A second up, believe that the person and what they're doing is, is the best that they are capable of doing. It's Brené Brown. Compassion and empathy. Believe that the person is doing the best that they can within their ability. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Very good. And the third up, have the chat and ask the questions. Good question. Tell me more of your thoughts behind what you what you said. Tell me more of the thoughts behind your understanding in this area? It's a good question to ask. As a church, our intention should always be to draw you closer to the Father, to, go, to draw you closer to a deeper revelation of His goodness in your life. And we live in a 2019 when people are still afraid of Christians. And believe it's a place, and they believe church is a place of judgment because they don't understand the heart of God. Because maybe we don't fully understand the heart of God. There's always just so much more of God's heart that we can um, discover. Church must be a place of acceptance and directing people to the Father. Speaking of his love and goodness and giving people an opportunity to move closer to him. So I can understand fully if you hear the word disobedience or obedience, what it might do in your brain. You might put your hands up and go, hey, I never signed up for this. But disobedience, I mean, sorry, obedience is your honor. To have a father is our honor. And to be super clear, it's not obedience that's going to get us to heaven. That's by the the grace of the father alone. It's by being justified through his ultimate sacrifice. We cannot do anything to get into the gates of heaven. Our hands are tied in that area.
but we do have one important commandment to live by, and that is to love. And by loving, we are obeying. It's in obedience that we find the safety net of freedom to fully enjoy life and the wonder of His goodness. It's in obedience that we find the safety net of freedom to fully enjoy life and the wonders of His goodness. It's in obedience that we find the safety net of His freedom to fully enjoy life and the wonders of His goodness. Abby, I'm honoured to call, be called the daughter of a king. I'm honoured to be obedient to his word. This weekend we, we, we went to Betty's Bay with Luke and Jen and the kids. Five kids. Feels like 50 kids sometimes. It's chaos. It is chaos. It's beautiful chaos, but it is chaos. And as parents, you, you're coming along and you're trying to bring order... Because in the order, beautiful things can also happen. So dinner won't become a dinner experience if the kids are sitting on the table, which is the case. So it's get off of the table and sit on your chair so we can eat together. So it's always trying to navigate the two, find a balance between having a really, really good time, but also trying to create order. And that's obedience. Obedience places us in a position where the Father's love and His goodness can get creative. If you have a kid that's just running around and not listening and tuning in to its parents' voice, they're not going to get fed, they're not going to get dressed, and they're not going to be embraced because they're just terrorists running around doing their thing. We have to stop, hey? God prepares a meal for us. We have to stop. We have to sit down. And we have to dig in. You cannot obey if you're not listening. I find this so interesting that the word obedience in Hebrew is actually to listen. It's to hear. So it's to move closer. So when you think of the word obedience, and the, and the Bible is full of that word, I want you to, the Holy Spirit to immediately remind you that it means to hear, to listen, to move closer. It's a call out to move in. Busyness is a form of disobedience because the Father calls us to rest. He calls us to be still. And he gives us those tools of, of, of sitting with him and being with him. Luke spoke about this two weeks ago. Soul connection, how business can rob us from what God is doing with us now. Sitting still, being present, tuning in, listening to the Father. What are you calling me to, Lord? What greater levels of your goodness are you calling me to? God's goodness opens up tornadoes of freedom and love in our lives. It's kind of the opposite to everything that we think obedience is. We think it traps us in, but it lifts us up, opens us up. And we realize and we learn so much about ourselves. I had my time in London, did my things, and 
I remember so clearly someone, he, he was, it was a guy, who was, he was into me and he asked me to come to his life group uh, even though he had alternative motives, I went. And at that life group, I stood on a carpet, it wasn't Dom, I was not a guy, the guy with an afro. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Not, yeah. Not the guy with the dreads. That's another guy. He led, he led me away. The guy with the afro led me too. And I stood on a carpet in the middle of this life group and God so gently called me in. I thought I was going to be whacked by him for all the stuff that I was getting up to. Yo. But I just felt his love move in and everything started falling off of me like this, everything. And I just never went back. It was like he transformed my mind and my body. It's like the, the, like the taste for these things. I just didn't have the taste for them anymore. It's like all I want to do is just honor the father and be obedient to him and the call that he is and he has in my life. And it's so much greater than the command, like, like the Ten Commandments. It's so much greater than what we think is like right and wrong. When we when we dive into the love of the Father, we just see this expansive, creative, like life that we can live with Him. It's just so much bigger than what we can imagine. Isaiah one nineteen says, "If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land." When we follow God's voice, we help others. I think that's the exciting thing about what I, what I saw in Ella's life that morning, is I saw the fruit of her obedience. I mean, we had to live Facebook stream, which I didn't even know existed before her memorial. Thank you, Sarah. Um, to people across the world because these people were affected by Ella. If you think of um, Nessie's funeral, if you were there, it was packed, people that she affected. We help them hear his voice. We help them draw near. We offer hope and alternatives and we help unlock potential. John the Baptist, this oak was radical. Now, to help you not be confused, because I was, and I had to research it, there were three Johns. John the Baptist, John the son of Zebedee, now he was the one the John that wrote John and wrote Revelations. He was the apostle, the evangelist, the theologian. He was the oak that was 15. He sat next to Jesus at the last. Yeah. He was with Mary at the cross. Anything else you know about John? He was a disciple. <coughs> he was a fisherman, I think, Not when sure he was if called. He actually died because it doesn't say he died. Mm. He's still living. Some people say he might be still living. Yeah. All the disciples died, but he didn't. Yes. Maybe he did. He just he disappeared. Ascended to heaven. Enoch. Mm. Mm. 
So, and then there's John Mark. He's known as Mark. That's all we Okay, so John the Baptist, John the Disciple, and then John Mark. Okay, we're no longer confused. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know John Mark. John Mark is Mark. <laughs> but they call it, his name is John. So it can, can get confusing. Um, so John the Baptist was um, the son of priest Zechariah and Elizabeth. Jesus' cousin. Yes, exactly. And the first time John meets Jesus was in the womb. Crazy story. I'm going to read to you now. One of my favorite in the Bible. So, so Gabriel came to Mary and told Mary that she was going to have a son. Big. This is big. Big news. So she goes to Elizabeth. She travels, she packs her bags and she travels to Elizabeth. She's going to go and stay with Elizabeth. Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby, John, within Elizabeth's womb, jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all. And she goes on and she just starts to prophesy of Jesus. Mm. How crazy that the Holy Spirit is right there with your Baba right now. Anyone else pregnant here? There, yeah, that's a whole nother root of why there's so much life in there. But Holy Spirit, thank you for being in Rebecca's room right now. Um, John's call on his life was so radical that he kicked. He was like, whoa, whoa. Do you realize he just walked into the room? Jesus, the Son of God, just entered. Holy Spirit wax her, wax Elizabeth. Powerful. Luke, um, if you, you're just going to go back a bit. It was uh, still in, in verse in chapter one. It's verse uh, twelve. This is the prophetic word over John's life. Um, and, and the angel was appearing to Zechariah. The angel was saying, God is showing you grace, for I have come to tell you that your, um, your prayer for a child will be answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. 
You will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the father in tenderness back to their children and their hearts of uh, the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous father. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. What a crazy prophecy to have. I'd like to prophesy like this over our unborn children. Let's open up space for that to be able to prophesy. God's call over our lives aren't radical. His call over our lives to love and to extend ourselves is radical and we can only do that in obedience. Now John spent most of his life in the wilderness. He was, um, when Jesus was 30, John began baptizing in the Jordan. Jesus was also baptized by John, as well as a few of his disciples. Some of John's disciples actually ended up following, started following Jesus. John ends his life being arrested by Herod, imprisoned and beheaded. What I find so fascinating about John is that he was asked by the, by the Jewish leaders. So, so if there was ever in that time, if there was ever a rustling up in the people, the Jewish leaders would send the priests out to go find out, is this, you know, is this the Messiah? Because the Messiah was going to come, but they didn't know who he was. So they would go out and, and send people. But John was causing such a rustle with his, with his baptizing and such a rustle with, with this like, gifted Holy Spirit anointing power of his life as he was um, bringing um, the gospel. Well, not the gospel because the gospel hadn't happened, but the, the goodness of God and the truth as he was preparing the way. He was causing such, such a rustle that the, the, the Jews, um, the Jewish priests, had to come and find him. And they were like, John, John, who are you? Are you the Messiah? <laughs> John's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm not the Messiah. Hmm? I'm not the Messiah. I'm very much <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even worthy of untying his sandals. You remember that? Yeah. John had a very strong call in his life, a strong prophetic mission. And without John's permission, John's persistence, and John's obedience, it wouldn't have come to pass. John participated in his prophetic word. He was an active member in his life. And sometimes I think we need to be... What's that thing? Hmm? A what? Okay. That one? Shock. Shock things. We need to be like shocked back into life because we, we get into this rhythm of old school, old school word, lukewarm. Um, and we forget that we have Jesus Christ living inside of us. We have Holy Spirit's power. And his call is radical over you. 
<laughs> are our lives doing the same as John? We have the same Jesus. We are called. We have a beautiful prophetic mission being sung over our lives. Are we taking the time to listen to the voice of the Father? The call to obedience, the call to freedom, the call closer to Jesus. Some good questions. Father, where can I live my life more passionately for you? Who in my life am I able to love more deeply? Who in my life do I have to stay unoffended by and believe that they are doing their best? The example of Jesus Christ in Philippians 2. This is the last scripture and then we're going to close and pray. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example. Even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. Thank you, Jesus, for being obedient to the call in your life. Because of his obedience, we now can live justified, righteous, and free. Life is about people who come down to it. And we live in an isolated era. I did research and the longest the people who live the longest are people who, who look into each other's eyes. Simple. Didn't come down to, to what they ate, but it's those who actually connected and looked into each other's eyes. Are we really looking into each other's eyes? Are we loving one another? Father, who can I love more? Yeah, let's close eyes. Father God, we thank you for this sweet moment to think of your goodness over our lives. Think of how even as a child you you revealed yourself to us. Even though we might not have been aware of it, I just thank you so much that you have always walked closely with us. That you're never separate from from us. Father, I pray that you will call us into a deeper revelation of your, your call of obedience. That you will 
explode and unravel your love and teach us how. That we will make the circle bigger. Make our circle bigger. I think there's also in our culture, because we're so busy and we're so overexposed and overwhelmed, we try and nuclear ourselves. Say, these are my friends, this is my family, and I'm just going to rotate from the one to the other. The God, our God is calling us bigger. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to love. He's, ex- he's calling us to expose ourselves. And he's going to give you the capacity to do that. Through his wisdom, through his grace. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you will burn a deep passion within our bellies. That you will remind us of the days of when we were lost and now remind us that we are found. And that we will take following you seriously. That we will dive in, that we will jump in. Yeah, may the Lord God, the creator of all things, continue to create within you. In Jesus' name, amen.